Well, leading up to this week, I had a number of people ask me, aren't you nervous to go speak at Calvary? And uh, yeah, of course I am. It's hard to get up in front of a ton of people. Uh, but there is a real sense in which I want to tell you, it's also easier. Uh, I am not responsible for your soul. Uh, Jim and yeah, like that's, that's freeing, right? Like, you know, maybe, maybe a little too freeing, but I, I, so I've been trying to think about this balance, you know, like the elders of Calvary church, the pastors of Calvary church are responsible for your salvation and formation. And so like, I'm just visiting, right? And I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like visiting the doctor. I mean, what are the elders after in here? They're, they're interested in your health, Right. So they, they might suggest to you things that need to be taken away. They might suggest to you things that you need to take on, right? I mean, that's kind of what a doctor does. It's kind of what your pastor does, right? And so as a visiting doctor, pastor, what kind of meeting is this? Is this a checkup? Is it a consultation? Is it surgery? You know how like when you're in the doctor's room and then, you know, the doctor says to you, do you mind if the, you know, resident meets with us? <laughs> you know? And so the new guy from, you know, Michigan State or Michigan is there in the room. And you're like, well, how much is this guy responsible for? And I uh, am here to tell you, I, uh, I guess I'll leave this in your court what this meeting is about, whether this is just a checkup or a consultation or maybe some surgery. Um, but I do want you to know I am going to do my best to minister like your primary care doctors and to let you know that I have performed a surgery or two, not only uh, with my church, but on my own life. And so uh, as you're here today, I want to dive in. So let me do that by citing Psalm 103. Praise the Lord. Praise him. Praise him in your inmost being. Praise him from the depths of who you are. Praise his holy name. Praise him, O oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. So we're in a season right now, right, of remembering some of the benefits of being Christians. Peace, hope, joy, love. But you're also in a text this morning where there's a whole lot more benefits listed. You are in a passage of scripture known as the Beatitudes, the blessings. And mine today is verse five. Blessed are the meek. They will inherit the earth. It is not lost on me that for whatever reason, God wants me to teach this to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever described me as meek, but here I am, and I have prayed and believe that we've been played, uh, it's been prayed over, and I, it's interesting how this comes in a grouping of blessings, right? I'm interested in God's blessing. I want to be a blessed person. And the blessing is, in this section, is that, I mean, you see the kingdom of heaven that's given to those who are poor in spirit. You see people being comforted for those who mourn. The earth today being given to those who are meek, people who are being filled up, receiving mercy, those who see God, those who are called the children of God. Don't you want those things? I do. I hope you do. So it, it makes sense to me that if you're interested in the earth, which I think is a pretty good place, we should probably think about what meekness is. Now, here's the thing. 
Sometimes when I picture Jesus teaching and talking on a mountainside, I imagine myself there in the frame of mind that I am, and I hear him say something like, blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. Well, for a long time, this is a present for you. For a long time in my life, that would have been who showed up to the sermon. And as I hear him say, blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. Part of me is just going, no, they won't. Part of you says, no. I mean, who is it that gets the earth? You know what it took for me to carve out an eighth of an acre with a house on it? It took effort. And so like all of these things that have formed who I am, you know, if you want something in this life, son, go out there and take it. You heard the same things I did. Maybe you listened to Jordan Peterson. Be a monster. I... Is he right? Is he wrong? Because I'll tell you right now, I would tell you my life, I was monstrous in the way that I went about living. And more than that, I I pick up a few things that Jesus said, right? So the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I'm a violent man. You know, does that mean I can carve out a piece of heaven for myself? You know, be as shrewd as a viper. Be rich and then use your money to gain friends. And so I'm piecing together these little snippets of Jesus to justify, and this isn't even totally who I was, that's better, to to justify some monstrous approaches in my life. But then I'd hear Jesus say something like, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are you who mourn. Blessed are the meek. And I'm really confused by that. I look at myself and I don't look meek. I don't talk meek. I don't think meek. And so if Jesus intends to make me into something that I'm not, I need to listen. I need to hear what he he has to say. And more than that, more than listening to become who he wants me to be, I think he even gives away the goal of you being who he's trying to tell you to be. And it's in verse 16 of Matthew 5, it's part of your benediction, but look at verse 16 there. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, your deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, the way that I think God intends you and I to to live is aimed at bringing God glory. Is it? Because if the meek are going to inherit the earth and that's aimed at bringing God's glory, I'm confused and I I just don't know. So let's make understanding meekness our goal today. That's what I want to do. Now, when Jesus says, blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth, he's not coming up with something new. He actually is quoting the Old Testament. So if you have your Bible, flip back in your Bible to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Look down at verse 11. The meek will inherit the land. That's our verse. Now, the word land in Greek, gen, is also translated from the Hebrew. I think it's called, I think it's eres. I I can't pronounce it well, but it's the same thing. This is the same. The meek will inherit the earth. The meek will inherit the land. This is our verse. 
This is what I think Jesus has in mind. And then look up at the end of verse nine, the part B there. Those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. So hope must have something to do with meekness. Why don't you make a note? Like we've got this idea of meekness, right? And we're gonna break it down today. Is that big circle one with meek? There you go. So we want, hope helps me understand what meekness is, right? That's an idea. Hold on to it, okay? Because now I'm going, okay, what is hope and what is meekness? Look up at verse five, because we're gonna get a wonderful breakdown here. Let me just read this slowly to you. And if you don't pay attention to anything else today, listen. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. And he'll do this. He'll make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Listen, don't fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Listen, again, don't fret. It leads to evil. That is super helpful. Let's walk back through that and put them down here. So I want to commit my ways to the Lord. Well, here's the thing. You know what way I'm walking? The way I trust. You have your trust in something that's committed to taking you where you think you're supposed to be in the way you think it's supposed to be done. And so let me just say this. My ways were messed up. I needed him to pick me up and turn me around, right? But that way isn't gonna come unless I have this idea of hope and trust in the Lord. So these are tied together. If you wanna commit your way to the Lord, you can't compromise when he says right and you go left. I have to trust him. And then I think that that comes from probably spending time with him. You gotta slow down enough to say, God, let me just wait on you. I've made a mess of this thing. I'm gonna be comfortable just patiently sitting here. And I know what that stirs up in you because it stirred up the same things in me. Well, you know, well, then I'm gonna miss this opportunity. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna win in life or whatever, right? See, the thing is, is that that's another way of saying that like you want to be your own vindication. But the Lord said he will vindicate the meek. He'll bring it about. And so don't fret. Don't turn to anger and wrath because here's the thing. Like when you start to live your life and you see somebody getting something that you believe you deserve, something you think that you're due, it starts to frustrate you, doesn't it? You're not where you think you should be. And so you give yourself over to like, man, what is, you know, that that anger, that wrath. And maybe you want to do something about it, right? Don't do that. And so let's just take a look at these things. Is this helpful? I, a meek person hopes in the Lord. They trust in the Lord. They commit their ways to the Lord. They're patient. They're waiting on him for vindication. They're not getting frustrated. They're not turning over to anger and wrath. So, okay. How are you doing with wrath, buddy? <laughs> right? Is that any of you? That's me. I'm going to get mad. And I'm going to be about the business to bring about the kingdom of Adam. 
It's a problem. It's a problem. So when I look at that, it's helpful. But maybe just walking through that, okay, Adam, don't get frustrated and don't be angry and have faith and commit yourself to the Lord. Okay, let's pray. No, I'm kidding. But right, I mean, like that's, I can tell you that's about it today. But here's the thing, like, you know all that. You know all that. Why aren't things changing? Well, let's dig in a little bit. The word for commit in the Hebrew means to roll. It's to roll something on. I think the Christian, at some point in his walk, has this epiphany. God's really trustworthy. Like for real trustworthy. Not like just up until this point when it's like, I need to take over with my business. Or not until this point where it's like, I need to take over with my, it, it rolls all of its anxieties in this life on to him. Peter said it this way, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. That's what committed ways look like. Meek people make time for the Lord. They're just patient. Now, when I tell you be still and patiently wait, you can exaggerate this just like I did. Oh, so you want me to do nothing? No, no. But don't think that this is either you sitting there and you're deer blind, you know, anxious about seeing a deer and just like, I hate hunting, right? Or running a million miles an hour, right? That's, it's maybe the good way to, to, to describe patiently waiting on the Lord is having a steady confidence. Listen, do you think that the Lord is not aware of your child? Do you think he doesn't know that that bill is coming? Do you think he doesn't care about your relationship? Listen, don't get confused here. Just trust and have a steady confidence in the Lord. Be still. Wait. Okay? But here's the thing. You might hear something in your life or see somebody go about it a different way. And it's hard when you see somebody get ahead and you know it's not exactly the right way. It gets super tempting to see people do it the wrong way and then not say to yourself, well, why don't we, you know, cut a little corner. It gets really tempting to not say, well, the, the wicked's ways are prospering. Why don't I just, you know, cut a corner? The meek person trusts in the Lord and will not give a foothold to that frustration and anger that compromises the way of the Lord. Maybe he's looking at something different. Maybe his way of looking is affecting the way he's thinking. Maybe he's listening. Is that helpful? That helped me a ton. And so this meek person, as I'm trying to picture him in Jesus' mind, is committed and trusting the Lord, rolling cares onto him, he's patient and steady and quiet, hoping, knowing that the Lord will bring it about, not letting frustrations get to him. Maybe, can I put it like this? I think meekness, at least at this point, 
is having a deep confidence in the Lord. A deep one, not a shallow one, a deep one. So deep that when opposition comes, you remain faithful. So what does that look like? Let's look at a case study. Flip in your Bible back to Numbers. Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. So Moses is leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. And it's not just like fighting against Egypt as they're fleeing. Some infighting develops. And his close, trusted brother and sister start to oppose him. Let's read. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife. He'd married a Cushite woman. Has the Lord not all, uh, also spoken to us, or is it just through Moses? The Lord heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man. That's the same word for meek. He's very meek. More humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Well, at once, the Lord said to Moses, uh, Aaron and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting. All three of you, get over here. So the three of them went out. The Lord came out in a pillar of cloud. We're in trouble. He stood at the entrance of the tent and he summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. What he goes on to do is vindicate Moses. Now here's what's interesting to me about that text. Why did it say Moses was meek after the opposition? You know what I mean? It seems like it would have led the chapter or led the story off with Moses was the meekest of men and then given you the opposition and vindication. But instead, the meekness is stated afterwards, which says to me there must have been a period, right, where he had to wait. Where he had to be still and wait for that. See, here's the thing. I think this is the point in time where Moses could have like got out the sword. Do you know, did he call you up on the mountain? You, it must have been your staff that turned into a viper in front of Pharaoh's magicians, right? That was you? It must have been the plagues that he rained down through your hand, right? Miriam, Aaron? Rah. I know this voice. That's not how Moses responds. That's not what he does. Instead, he waits on the Lord and God vindicates him. And so maybe one of the ways that we can think about what it means that God vindicates us is that vindication, those who patiently wait for the Lord, they're not defensive. They're not defensive. God is our defense. And if he comes to my aid, so be it. And if he doesn't, so be it. That is not me. But Adam, that's who he wants you to be. A meek person is not defensive. So we're committed, we trust, we're waiting for the Lord. And maybe something in you is going, well, yeah, but like, aren't you going to do anything about this, God? Vengeance is mine. 
says the Lord. He will visit punishment on the wicked, said 28 times in the Bible. Do you think God is a man of his word? Then chill out. Me too. But you know what? I mean, I just had to have that message. I just, I still want to. You too? I really think that God's trying to change us. And you know, when somebody shares this with me and I, I look at this, I'm, I'm starting to see a picture of what a person looks like, maybe a, a change in attitude. And that guy apparently inherits the earth. But that's not me. It's just not me, right? It's a beautiful picture of Moses also at this snapshot in his life. You wanna know something funny about numbers? You know who's credited with writing it? Moses. <laughs> Moses, which means, let me tell you about the time I was meek. You know, like, it just is this awkwardness here. Like, you know, he's writing that he's meek about himself, right? And so a meek person, maybe we could say, shares their victories with you. You know, this is the time when I handle things well. Now that might be arrogant, but it also might be meek. But let me show you something else. Turn over to Numbers 20. Verse two. There was no water for the community and the people are, they gathered to oppose Moses. Jump down to verse seven. So that Aaron and Moses, they end up meeting with God and says to Moses, take your staff, you and your brother, gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. It will bring water out of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. And so let's see how Moses handles this. Because he's a little bit frustrated. I'll show you how. Moses took out his staff in the Lord's presence and just as he was commanded, he and Aaron, they gathered the assembly together in front of the rock and Moses said to them, listen up, rebels. <laughs> What's his posture? What's his attitude, right? Watch what he does, okay? So he, listen up, rebels. Do we have to bring water out of this rock? He, you can clearly hear he's perturbed. Then Moses raised his arm and he strikes the rock twice. Water gushed out for the community and their livestock. What a grace from God when Moses lost his meekness. What a grace from God when we lose our meekness. Can I get an amen? So a meek person not only will share with you when they've handled things well, they'll also share with you when they haven't. I think that that's helpful. Go to the next one, will you? That's helpful. Okay, again, this is super helpful. So they'll share with you their successes and their failures. One more passage of scripture. Flip over to Galatians chapter six, and you don't have to. Um, I, I will bring it up here on the screen. But if you want to, you can mark it if you're a note taker. Galatians six, one and two. Brothers and sisters, somebody is caught in a sin. You who live by the Spirit should restore that person meekly. Same word. 
translated gently here, but watch out or you yourselves might be tempted. So one last caveat to understanding meekness. They not only are concerned with their own failings and making sure that they're transparent with you, they also care about yours. So you might be under the impression that if I'm a meek person, I won't say anything to you. I'm just that quiet mouse in the corner. That's not true. This guy who's yelling at you in the middle of service, right? He's not meek. No, I care about your development. The question is, when am I bringing out the staff? When the Lord says. Listen, don't let people walk through your life and the people God has put in your world and just don't care about the fact that they're living the way that they shouldn't. If God hasn't changed you, I get it. But if he has, like, don't you want to look more like Christ? Is, hopefully that doesn't sound too heretical. I want to look like Christ, and I don't. And so when I address failings, I want to be oh so cautious. Watch yourself. Pull that plank out of your eye. I got anything in there? Because I got to go talk to my boy today. Oh, so cautious, because we too can fall back into temptation. So let's look at the full body of work here. A meek person will hope in the Lord. They've, they've had the epiphany in their life that he's trustworthy. So trustworthy that they can commit their way, they can commit their way to him. They'll walk in his ways. They'll wait. They'll wait patiently for God. They're not going to take vindication into their own hands. God will vindicate me. And when I see the wicked prospering, not going to give way to that frustration. Not going to fret about it. Because when I'm angry and I give way to wrath, like I end up making a bigger mess. It's not that you shouldn't be concerned with the ways of the world. We've got a lot of people who are focused on justice right now and they're making a mess with it. Some of them. And I think it's because they want to go out and do it. I want to be with the Lord as he addresses justice. I don't want to be defensive about this stuff. I want to be able to tell you where I think I've done okay and I want to tell you where I've blown it in my life and I ultimately want you to know I love you care about you. I think something real has happened in my life and I want something real to happen in yours. But when I think about the fact that that's the person who gets the earth, something I want. I, with Moses, blew it. I don't get the earth. When I see that person, I see Jesus this person. And then Jesus says in the gospel that you guys are studying, chapter 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. It gets tiresome living like that. I'll give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you. It's different than the yoke of the world. It's different than what you grew up in. It's different than the locker room that'll tell you this is how we go out and take the world. It's different. For my, my yoke and my spirit, it's, it's light. It's meek. I am lowly in spirit and meek, gentle. I'll, find, I'll give you rest for your souls. Here's what I think is going on in that. I would not have become this if I couldn't see Christ. And to an extent, I still have trouble keeping my arms down, thinking right. I think that in order for you and I to become meek, we've got to be given meekness by the Lord, which he gave you in his son. And if you know that you missed out on the earth, because of what you've done, then you're with a great saint, Moses, who had to learn that he wasn't trying to earn the earth, but it would be inherited, given. If he would not hold back his only son, <laughs> if he would freely give you him, won't he give you all things? <laughs> The earth is the Lord's and everything therein. Blessed is the meek one and I'm with him. Let's pray. God, I can't help but think how many times you had to send somebody to preach that message in my life before I really started to receive it. God, forgive us for the ways that we have not lived the way that you've called us to and therefore not brought glory to the Father and missed out on the blessings that you intend to give to us. But God, through your Son, you've forgiven us and made a way to not only lose the condemnation for living the way that we shouldn't have, but to gain the son and everything that he's inherited. God, produce gratitude in us so that we might think and look to and act and walk in the ways that we should. God, make us, make us meek. Amen.